I was blind, now I'm seeing in color. I was dead, now I'm living forever. I had failed, but you were my redeemer. I've been blessed beyond all measure. I was lost, now I'm found by the Father. I've been changed from a ruined treasure. I've been given a hope and a future. I've been blessed beyond all measure. We don't really do it for claps. We do it for Jesus. Uh, hey, just want to welcome you guys to East Taylorsville. If you're in the parking lot on the radio, welcome. And if you're watching us online, uh, we welcome you to our service as well. And uh, I trust you guys had a good Thanksgiving. I was talking to Shelby Jolly. I told her, I said, uh, and no matter how you uh, fry a deep fried turkey, it's going to taste the same whether there's 10 people there or there's 50 people there. So I know Thanksgiving was a bit different, but it was still good. And I trust you guys had a good Thanksgiving as well. Um, but I want to ask uh, Heather Houston to come up. She's going to share a little bit. Uh, about Christmas in Teville. It's our big Christmas project that we do to help out uh, families so they can have a Christmas. And so it's something that we sponsor every year, and she's got an update for us. So as Justin mentioned, one ministry that East Taylorsville participates in annually is Christmas in Teville. This year, the ministry will be serving 76 children from Taylorsville Elementary. Each year, a child is provided with a coat, clothing, socks, underwear, shoes, and a toy. Just as COVID has impacted everything else, it has also had an impact on this ministry. Normally, Sunday school classes would sponsor the majority of these children, and then you as families would sponsor them. 
but due to not being able to do this because of COVID, we've had to take another route. At this time, we still need to purchase 67 pairs of pants, 50 shirts, 147 pairs of shoes, 54 packs of socks, 27 toys, and 102 shirts. This past week, as I was thinking about my kids at Taylorsville, um, I've been thinking about how the weather's turned cold and I've watched many of the kids come to school in shorts and t-shirts. I stand at car duty shaking in the cold myself and watch the kids walk out without a coat. Some students wear the same clothes for days in a row. As you're driving into church on any of these side roads and you see kids playing, walking the streets, or riding the streets, these are the children that we are serving. One year, we had a family that we received the paperwork laid on. On the paperwork that has to be filled out, it asks for a need and a want. The response from both children was wood because they were cold. We had $60.62 left in the budget. Guess how much the load of wood cost that we had delivered? $60. That's God's work. It's hard for many of us to fathom that there are children in our county that go without food, heat, or water, but the fact of the matter is, it's very real all around us in Alexander County. These are just the basic needs these students are doing without. Many of these children are in crisis. We have students that sleep on the floor on a regular basis. Some of the issues they deal with are truly unimaginable until you are there to experience the child pour out their heart because their teachers are their comfort and who they trust. We can be the light in their darkness. I asked Kathy Johnson generally how much money it takes to fund Christmas in Teeville. Her response was $12,000. My next question was, when do you have to have this money by? She said, December 8th. I'm thinking, there is no way that this is gonna happen. But God, right? He can do this through us, his people. To make a long story short, I applied for some grant money and was granted $500. With that $500, we're holding a Chick-fil-A fundraiser for this coming Friday, December 4th. And this is where we need your help. Meals will consist of a chicken sandwich, chips, and dessert for $5. We need people who would be willing to go to your workplaces, take orders, and collect money. In the main lobby on a table, there are order forms that can help you keep track of who has ordered and paid. These can be picked up on your way out today. On the order form, you will find my phone number, email address, and a fax number where you can fax the order or you can email me your numbers. Um, you can call me, I have Facebook, you can message me. I don't have to have a copy of the order. I just really need the number of orders um, that you're able to collect and where they need to be delivered. The order form is more of a tracking device for you. Um, I need to have all orders by this Wednesday at 4 p.m. The grant money will be used to help purchase chips, desserts, and chicken sandwiches. All other monies raised will go directly to Christmas in Teeville. If the amount of money raised exceeds what we need, those funds will go to the Flood Victims Fundraiser account the church has set up. Other ways you can help. Please pray for this ministry and that the, uh, that the orders will flood in so that we can provide for these children so they may experience God's love through these gifts. If you would like to give a monetary donation, you can do that via cash or check. If you give cash, please place it in an envelope and label it with Christmas in Teeville. Checks can be written to ETBC with Christmas in Teeville in the memo line. If you could donate a dessert, a box or two of Little Debbie's, please drop these off here at ETBC in the main lobby outside the front office. Two Sundays ago, when Preacher Jamie posted how much money had been collected here on Sunday morning for the flood victims, I praised God and choked back tears. I have no doubt God's going to show up in a mighty way once again through us, for we are the hands and feet of Christ. Thank you, Heather. This is just one of the many ministries that we do here at East Taylorsville. And so, again, like she said, uh, you can go into the lobby. Uh, as you leave today, there will be some forms you can get. Who doesn't like Chick-fil-A, right? So you get Chick-fil-A, and you get to uh, make Christmas happen for some students uh, and families here in the county that are local, uh, Taylorsville Elementary. 
And um, so, yeah, be sure to check that out in the lobby. Uh, if you're visiting with us today, also in the lobby, there's a welcome table, and you can grab uh, a bag there. There's some information about our church and about our staff and the ways that we could be able to serve you better. Uh, but for now, if you guys will, stand up and uh, greet one another awkwardly during COVID. Either just wave, fist bump, elbow, just don't sneeze on them. Uh, and then uh, we'll begin with worship.
As we go to the Lord in prayer this morning, as you see in your bulletin, this is actually our bulletin from last week since we weren't able to meet. And you see there that we were planning to pray for Samaritan's Purse this week. And if you were online, we posted a video and we had a chance to pray uh, last Sunday for all the boxes that went out. And we just want to thank you for participating and supporting that ministry as you do so faithfully every year. Um, but today what we want to do is just take a moment and just give thanks. That's what we need to do. We can easily rush into Christmas and the anticipation of celebrating his birth, but we're thankful for this season that we have to stop and give thanks to the Lord. We have so much to be thankful for. We continue to pray for the flood victims as we continue to work with them, and we still don't have all the answers, but God has provided in supernatural ways, ways that we had no idea were available, but we continue to pray for them, and we're thankful for what God has done. But today... In your bulletin, there's a quote by Rick Warren. It just simply says this, In happy moments, praise God. In difficult moments, seek God. In quiet moments, worship God. In painful moments, trust God. In every moment, thank God. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And if you have your calendars for this week, today we are thanking God that this is not our home. Can I say amen? Can you say amen to that? This is not our home. Every day we're reminded when we see hurt, pain, suffering, when we see lies and deception, and we see all that, that this is not God's original plan. Sin taints everything that we have, and God is going to redeem this world one day. He's going to return, and that's what we're thankful for tomorrow. So we have so much to be thankful for. So as we go to the Lord in prayer, I'm going to ask you just to bow your heads, and you personally, take a quick inventory. What do you have to be thankful for? And just begin to thank Him on your own right now. Thank Him for your life for eternal life, for Jesus, for salvation and the forgiveness of sin. Give thanks for your family. Give thanks for how he has provided. Give thanks that he is faithful. That he is a good, good father and he knows exactly what we need. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning together as a congregation. Lord, we join our hearts and give you praise and thanksgiving for all the blessings in our life. Lord, even in the midst of loss and suffering, you are still good. And you still have a sovereign plan that is working out good for us. God, thank you that you're a provider. And Lord, we've seen you provide supernatural ways over the past few weeks. And all we can do is just bow on our knees and say thank you. And God, we just want to thank you for what you're going to do in the coming days. And places we don't see you at work, we know that you are. So God, we just completely put our faith and trust in you to meet our needs. God, we're so thankful for salvation. Lord, we are unworthy. We are sinners. And our sin has separated us from you. But through Jesus Christ and his death on the cross and his resurrection, we have eternal hope. In the midst of pain and suffering and loss, Lord, we have the promise of tomorrow and we have the promise of a hope and a future. So God, help us today as we gather in this place to even rejoice as we face trials. And God, help us to always be people who are thankful. We have so much to be thankful for. So God, today as we gather, may you be honored and glorified. We know that you will answer prayer. But Lord, may what we do in this place today bring joy to you as we worship you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated.
take my hallelujah shadows will fade darkness will break but i'll keep on singing your praise nothing can take my hallelujah nothing can take my hallelujah shadows will fade darkness will break i'll keep on singing your praise nothing can take my hallelujah nothing can take my hallelujah shadows will fade darkness will break Keep on singing your praise. Thank you. As, uh, as I make my way up, if you'll turn in your Bibles to Psalm 150, which is the last psalm in the Psalter, we're going to talk about this this morning. Let everything that has breath, and then we know the answer to that, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. So when we think about praising the Lord, it's something that we do. It's an offering we make to God. It is something that costs you absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. But it can bring great blessing to yourself. And it can bring great, great blessing to your relationship with the Lord. So if you have your Bibles, if you'll stand with me, we're going to read all six verses. And notice how the psalmist starts it out. He's going to teach us how to praise the Lord, but he starts out by praising the Lord himself. He says this, praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty firmament. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise Him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise Him with the lute and harp. 
Praise him with the timbrel and dance. Praise him with stringed instruments and flutes. Praise him with loud cymbals. Praise him with clashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. And then he concludes by saying this, praise the Lord. Father, as we come to you in prayer, you are so worthy of our praise. And Father, as Kevin uh, shared with us during our prayer time, Lord, we have so much to be thankful for. I pray that we'd never take our life for granted, our salvation for granted, our country for granted, our church and community for granted. Lord, you have blessed us and you have placed us in pleasant places here in Alexander County. So, Father, I pray that in return that we would offer to you the sacrifice of praise and that you'd be honored and glorified because of the praises of your people, not just during Thanksgiving, but, Lord, every day. Let every breath praise the Lord. And, Father, we'll thank you and praise you for what you do for us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Before I get into the message, I just want to thank you for your, your giving for the flood victims, I think, and I may be wrong on this total, just through East Table of Baptist Church, we've given close to twenty-six, twenty-seven thousand dollars $27,000. Also, I want to thank you for uh, supporting Samaritan's Purse, Nick and Maria Purdue. You know, we sent out a 1,000 shoeboxes. That's a blessing, okay? That's an, a, a tremendous feat for, for our church. It's the most that we've ever sent out. And I want to thank them and their family for their leadership uh, in this ministry. And also, I want to thank Kathy Johnson and Kelly Eichard for their their uh, work with Christmas and TVL, and thank you, Heather. Heather, you're a good speaker. We're going to have to let you preach one Sunday. No, we're not going to let you preach, but we'll, but you are a very good speaker. Thank you so much for your heart and your compassion, and uh, see Kathy um, after the service if you're interested in more and in knowing how to help or, or maybe to, to take a family on. Also, some members in our church, uh, we have one of the uh, families from the campground is staying uh, in their home. They're renting their, their home, so I want to thank them so much for what they're doing, and that's a blessing. Uh, we have so much to be thankful for, don't we? When we come to Psalm 150, think about this. It's the last psalm. The first psalm is a psalm where God reaches down and he blesses a man or a woman. And what he says in Psalm 1, it's called the blessed life. If you take this path with God, the Bible says that you'll be like a tree planted. Your leaves will grow and you will prosper. Maybe not financially, maybe not in the things of the world, but spiritually you will prosper. Psalm 1 is where God reaches down and blesses mankind. Psalm 150 is where man in return looks up and praises the Lord. And in this psalm, what we see here very briefly, it's a, it's a very, I preached this psalm before here. We see that this flow of thought, and almost every commentator would have the same flow of thought because it's really hard not to have this flow of thought. The where of praise, the why of praise, the how of praise, and then who we praise. Very simple. Notice number one, the where of praise. Verse one says this, praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty firmament. Notice though the first three words, praise the Lord. What he's saying is this, I will brag on the greatness of and grandeur of God. And this, this psalmist does it publicly. He practices what he, what he preaches. He is openly, wholeheartedly, loudly, and unashamedly. He is confident, and he is bold, and he is praising God before he tells us how to praise God. Isn't it amazing how we can bring our burdens and needs into the sanctuary? But we should also bring our adoration and our praise as we magnify his name. This begins with a God-centered declaration. And he talks about two places. The first place is this, the sanctuary. Even though you can praise God anytime and anywhere, God has ordained in the Old Testament a place to worship. God has ordained in the New Testament a place to worship. One commentator put it this way, prioritized as a central place of worship on the earth, the sanctuary should have most or utmost importance in your life. The Hebrew term for sanctuary literally means a place set apart and is generally used in the Bible to refer to a specific place where believers gather to worship the Lord in the Old Testament. We know, of course, there was Bethel, Gilgal, the tabernacle, the temple. In the New Testament, we don't longer focus as much on a place but on a people. It's a gathering of people. A gathering of God's people together locally here at East Hazel Baptist Church. Praise God in the sanctuary. So what you're doing today, and I know many of you can't be here in person, and that's fine. But what you're doing in your homes with your families as we gather together, because we're members of the body of Christ locally, has been ordained of God. I don't know what else you'll do this week that's been ordained of God. 
I don't know that your business is. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. I don't know the other hobbies that you have, but I do know that when you gather together with God's people on Sunday morning at 1030, it is ordained of God in the, in the eternal halls of heaven. What you're doing matters. It should have up, utmost importance in your life. And when this pandemic ends, and it will, and we can all gather together again, this should have utmost importance in your life over anything else you do that week. You're meeting for one hour. One hour. Think about it. One hour, especially during the pandemic. One hour out of your life can make such a difference in your life. One hour. That's, that's what I, I tell Cephas and I was talking about this. What a way to witness. Hey, would you give us one hour? Just one hour. Come to church for one hour. One hour. Praise God in the sanctuary. Also, notice this is where heaven and earth touch. Praise God in the heavens. God is preparing the whole universe to be an orchestra of praise and adoration to His Son. Notice what they're doing in Revelation chapter 4. Notice chapter 14. And I heard a voice from heaven as the voice of many waters and as the voice of a great thunder. And I heard the voice of harpers harping with their harps. What's going on here? There's the praise of God. One commentator put it this way, that it was the voice of a vast and innumerable multitude so that it was the voice of many waters. How naturally does this represent the joint, continual, and loud voice of a multitude at a distance? That it resembled the voice of many waters. It was as the voice of many waters and as the voice of a great thunder which describes the extraordinary fervency of their praises. How lively and vigorous they are therein, and how that everyone praised God with all his might. They all joining together, sung with such fervency that heaven did, as it were, ring with their praises. This unites heaven and earth together. The where of praise. Now notice the why of praise. Notice verse 2. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. The psalmist says there's two reasons just in Psalm 150 that I want to mention. Number one, his acts, and then number two, his attributes. Those mighty acts are more numerous than any of us could name, and I like how Stephen Lawson put it. He said there's four categories, and most scholars will put this down as four categories. God's mighty acts throughout eternity. Number one is just simply this, creation. Think about this. You should praise God for his creation. He spoke a word, and here we are. Is that not mind-blowing? God spoke a word, and here we are. The writer of Hebrews says this, that God upholds all things by the power of His word. God upholds all things. Heaven, the earth, sun, moon, and stars are upheld by the power of His word. Colossians says this, Paul writing to the church at Colossae, All things were created through Him and for Him. He is before all things. And in him all things consist. This is his planet, his air, his water, and we should praise him for it. And we get to live here for a very brief time. Not only his mighty acts are seen in creation, but also in his acts of providence. Everything that he has created, he sustains, he upholds, he directs, he appoints, he is sovereign, he is control. There's no such thing as random chance. There's no such thing as good or bad luck. There's just God. Isaiah says this, God saying in Isaiah, For I am God and there is no other. I am God, there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning, from ancient times things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. Indeed, I have spoken it. I will also bring it to pass. I have purposed it. I will also do it. His mighty acts in creation, the fact that he is sovereign should make you praise God. The sovereignty of God is a soft pillow in which I lay my head every night. And you should as well. That God is in control. Number three, for your salvation in the midst of providence and creation, he is a rescuing, saving God. That's why the psalmist says in Psalm 3, salvation belongs to the Lord. In his sovereignty... In his grace, he provided his son. His son died on the cross, and then he resurrects from the dead for our salvation and for God's glory. His mighty acts. In salvation, God forgives. 
He cleanses, removes guilt, gives peace and joy, gifts us and calls us by name. His love for his children is eternal, unconditional, uncaused, and it's uncaused by nothing other than his grace. He is worthy of our praise. Have you been saved? If so, you have every reason to praise him. Notice, praise him for his mighty acts. Creation, providence, salvation. And then one thing that's often overlooked is his judgment. God will make things right. He will. Psalm 1 that I quoted earlier, listen to what it says. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. The Bible often says there's a great separation in the end. Wheat, tare, sheep, goat, God's children, lost people. Isn't it amazing that the first psalm in the Psalter praises God for his judgment? But not only that, not only his acts, notice his attributes, his excellent greatness. God is good. Think about that. God is good. That word means beautiful, overflowing with kindness, the best. Has God been good to you? If so, you've been blessed and you should praise him. Think about this. Our God is good, kind-hearted, gracious, merciful, long-suffering. He's good in every situation. God is infinitely good, perfectly good, all the time and in every situation. By nature, he longs to bring joy and blessing to all his creatures. God is spontaneously good and overflows with generosity. Loving kindness, mercy, grace, benevolence, God is good. Theologians tell us that God's goodness is his benevolence to his creation or his kindness exhibited toward all he has made. God's goodness is the bedrock truth of all of Scripture. Psalm 33, 5 says that he loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. Psalm 34 says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts him. Psalm 100 says, Be thankful to him, bless his name, for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. Then Romans 8, 28, for we, for we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. His mighty acts, his excellent greatness. If God has been good to you and he has, then you should praise him. The where of worship, the why of worship or praise. And then notice the how of praise. Notice all those three through five. He just lists a bunch of instruments. He lists a bunch of instru musical instruments. Martin Luther said this, I am not satisfied with him who despises music, as all fanatics, fanatics do. For music is an endowment and a gift of God, not a gift of men. I place music next to theology and give it the highest praise. He goes on to say, a person who gives this some thought and yet does not regard, regard it, music, as a marvelous creation of God, must be a clodhopper indeed, and does not deserve to be called a human being. He should be permitted to hear nothing but the braying of donkeys and the grunting of hogs. And if Martin Luther heard me sing, he'd say amen and amen. He goes on to say this, music is God's greatest gift. It is often so stimulated and stirred me that I felt the desire to preach after hearing one song. Isn't it amazing how music can change your entire mood? Isn't it amazing? I always tell people that are struggling with, with depression, especially, or for a life, a tragedy has hit them hard, be careful what you listen to, musically speaking. Be careful. It can change your mind and your attitude. It can change everything about you. Can it? You know, the the, it wasn't a joke, but I told people, before God saved me, I never listened to Christian music. I'd go to bed every night listen to Bon Jovi. Every night. All right? But then when God saved me, I remember, I, my musical taste changed, and I would go to bed listening to different types of Christian music, and it would just bring me at peace at times. Isn't it amazing how a song at a funeral can just change the whole mood, mood of the funeral? Isn't it amazing how songs, like our praise team just sang, can just change the whole mood of everything going on in your life? You can just get lost in a song. You should praise God with musical instruments and also with human voices. Notice, let everything that has breath, human voices, somehow many churchgoers seem to have picked up the idea that singing in church is for singers. The truth is, singing in church is for believers. It's for all of us. Sing to the Lord, the psalm says. The psalm over and over and over again. Sing to the Lord. Notice verse 1 
of Psalm 149. Praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song. And in his, and, and his praise in the assembly for the saints. Over and over again, the Bible, the Psalms say, Sing to the Lord because God inhabits our praises. We sing songs. I like what one pastor said. Singing is the best thing to purge ourselves of evil thoughts. Keep your mouth full of songs and you'll often keep your heart full of praises. Keep on singing as long as you can. You'll find it a good method of driving away your fears. At creation, the Bible says in Job 38.7, The morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy. The first praise and worship song in the Bible is after the parting of the Red Sea. In Judges 5, when God won the battle for Israel and Deborah, they sang a song in 2 Samuel 22. David sang when God delivered him from his enemies. Isaiah prophesied in two places. In Isaiah 51, especially, he says this, The ransom of the Lord will return. They will enter Zion with singing. Everlasting joy will crown their heads. Gladness and joy will overtake them. And sorrow and sighing will flee away. In the New Testament, Mary sang at the news of giving birth to the Messiah. Colossians 3.16, Paul says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, and as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. Think about Revelation 5. Whenever this decree was given out or this proclamation, who is worthy to open the scroll? Who is worthy? You know, the picture in Revelation 5 is God has a scroll, seven-sealed scroll, and he's not holding it like this. If you study the grammar or the Greek, he's holding it open. And the question in Re Revelation 5 is, who is worthy to open it? It's not like God's going to keep you from getting it. It's in his hand. And no one was. The shout went out through heaven, earth, all eternity, and then Jesus stepped forward. And he takes the scroll. And then when that happens, this, listen to this response. And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb. Each one had a harp, and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of God's people, and they sang a new song. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, because you were slain. And with your blood you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and they will reign on the earth, if God has done anything for you in your life, if he has been good to you, if he has saved you, you will, my friends, whether you can or not, you will sing to the glory of God. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. And then finally, notice number four, the who of praise. The psalmist says this, let everything that has breath, praise the Lord, let everything that has breath, so if you can breathe, that includes you. Warren Wiersbe put it this way. Whether you can play an instrument or not, no matter where you live or what your ethnic origin is, whether you're male or female, young or old, the psalmist says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. After all, that breath comes from the Lord. And if things do not have breath, can praise the Lord. And notice what he says in Psalm 148, verse 1, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise him, all his angels, all his hosts, sun, moon, and stars. All you stars of light. Praise him, you heavens of heavens. You waters above the heavens. They don't have breath. Warner Risby says, if things that don't have breath, praise the Lord, surely we can. Breath is the weakest thing we have, but we can devote it to the high service, praising the Lord. The writer of Hebrews had this in mind. If you'll notice this last verse we're going to share. Therefore... Let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Not just your heart, not just your thoughts, but your lips. God wants from us lips of praise, lips that speak and sing the praises of his name. Real sounds, real words. And the verse says he wants them continually. The, one of the greatest offerings you can ever give to God is your praise. I think one of the reasons so many Christians lead defeated, weak, sad Christian lives when you don't have to is because you just don't praise the Lord enough. Praise Him. And notice what he says. It's like fruit from our lips when you praise the Lord. It's not lemons. It's not onions. It's not prunes. It's not cabbage. And all of God's people said, amen. It's not sauerkraut and weenies. It's not. It's the fruit from your lips. 
When you praise God, it's like fruit from your lips, giving thanks to his name. Giving thanks. So where do you praise? You praise in the sanctuary. They're praising in heaven right now. Right now, according to the book of Revelation, they're praising God right now. Why? Because of God's acts. He created everything. And he sustains this creation. And this creation will not end until God says it's going to end. He created it. He's sovereign over it all. He sustains everything. He offers salvation to you now. Now. And God will right all the wrongs in the judgment. How do we do it? With your mouths, with your instruments, all those things. And then who do we praise? We praise the Lord continually. I remember back in 1988. Now, I'm, I'm a kind of oddball when it comes to baseball because I like the Dodgers in the National League and I love the Yankees in the American League. I know that's weird, but I, just how I do it. But in 1988, the Dodgers was having a good year, and Oral Harshizer had pitched 59 straight innings without a run, a record at the time. He went on in the National League Championship Series, I think it might have been a Game 7 against the Mets, and pitched a shutout. Then when it came time to play the Oakland A's, I think the Dodgers were up 3-1, to one, and then Oral Harshizer was pitching again. Now you got to understand, that year, let me see what all he won that year. That year he won... The Cy Young, the Gold Glove, MVP of the National League. He's also MVP of the World Series. To that date, he's the only player in history to hold all those titles in the same season. So in game, the really clinching game with Oral Hershiser pitching, millions of people were watching Oral Hershiser's every move. Everybody. I remember watching this game uh, uh, when I heard someone share this illustration, and I remember Oral Hershiser would be in the dugout, and he'd be by himself moving like he was singing, you know? Really strange. I remember even the commentators at that time said, what's Oral doing? Is he trying to pump himself up? Is he? Well, you know, after they win the game, and Oral Harsizer was a winning pitcher, I believe he was that game, uh, nobody ever mentioned that again until he went on Johnny Carson. Y'all remember him? And when he went on Johnny Carson, now you, met, you know all the people that was watching Johnny Carson, okay? especially that year when Oral Harsizer was on there. He says, I got to ask you, nobody's asked you this, what were you doing in the dugout and then walking out to the mound? It looked like you were singing. And Oral Harshizer says, oh, yeah, I was singing. And Johnny says, you got to sing. He says, I'm not singing. He says, you got to sing on my show. And this is what Oral Harshizer sang, and I'm not going to sing it, okay? This is what he sang. He said, this is what I was saying, singing in the dugout, in the World Series. And he, he wasn't doing it to be seen. He didn't know anybody was watching him. But all the cameras were on him, and he, this is what he sang. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him, all creatures here below. Praise him above, ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. Listen, whether you're on the mound of the World Series and the whole world is watching, or if you're alone in a hospital room, just you and the Lord, praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. I want you to just bow your heads real silently. And as Kevin led us during prayer time to give thanks, why don't you just praise God for his acts silently? This is a sacrifice of praise just praise him for his acts in your life. If you, if you remember the date you were saved, why don't you just share that date with the Lord and thank him? Thank him. Praise him for how good he's been to you. Praise him for what he's delivered you from, brought you through. Praise him. And then praise him for his attributes. Has he been good? Praise him for his grace. Praise him for his sovereignty that God is in control when it seems like sometimes the world is so out of control. And then, this is the ultimate praise. In your life right now, you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Some of you are worried about tomorrow. Just trust him. Trust him. Trust him. Father, as we come to you in prayer, we want to praise you and thank you, Lord. You are good. You are great. You are gracious. You're wonderful. There's no one like you. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for Jesus. If there's anyone listening to the sound of my voice who has never placed their faith and trust in you, I pray that through the sovereign grace of God that they would say, Jesus Christ is Lord and he is my Savior. Father, thank you for how good you've been to us. And I pray that we'd never take your goodness in our lives for granted. In Jesus' name I pray, and all of God's people said together,
Amen and amen. God bless you. I hope everyone has a great uh, week and hope to see you back here Sunday at 1030. Thank you.